welcome to The Brunch Files, serving up bottomless, brunch-worthy topics about life in your 30s. We're your hosts, Tegan and Rachel, and on the menu today is making friends as an adult. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, hey, but we thought it would be a great place to start because A, it's something we've been talking to a lot of our friends about. I think it comes up a lot in conversation, um, but it also kind of speaks a little bit to how we became friends, given... We definitely became friends as adults. That's it. We've actually only known each other for, uh, oh, what, a year and a half? I, yeah, I think. about that. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, like, Tegan is now one of my closest friends. And I think that's um, a, a sort of rare gem as an adult because I have a lot of friends that are struggling um, to, that maybe have moved cities um, and are struggling to sort of find their people. I think a lot of people probably carry through friendships from high school um, or also stages of life from mother's groups, things like that. But actually finding, you know, a kindred spirit as an adult is a pretty special thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially as you approach your 30s, I suppose when you're, you know, finishing high school, when you're at school, everyone's kind of going through things at their own, like at at a similar pace. And then you might leave school and in your early 20s, I think we go through a little bit of a period of change where maybe yeah you have you know 21st and some of those things that kind of keep you together but Mm. people are sort of starting to go on their own path meet friends at uni exactly and then I think once you sort of approach your 30s you kind of almost go through that again in a way because you've Mm -hmm. got work friends you've got uni friends you've got maybe mum friends if you've had children or you know you, you become people are married so you might make friends through your partner. So I think you kind of then go through this other phase again. It kind of can leave you questioning like, hey, I don't feel as close to mm-hmm. my friends from school as I once did. But or friends so- that um, perhaps have, you know, have had kids and, and you're not having kids, it can lead you in totally different directions as well. So friends that, you know, once were your people um, and you saw all the time, you might grow apart a little bit. Exactly. And I think, yeah, you can kind of leave yourself feeling like, oh, maybe I don't have as many close friends as I once did, or I've got new friends, but they're kind of existing in a work sphere and it's hard mm. to make that jump to find, you know, a really close friend that you can kind of, you know, be friends with outside of work or outside of mother's group or outside of uni or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, taking the friendship out of the context where you met. So I think yeah. we're going to touch on that a little bit more later as well. Yeah, definitely. But we thought maybe just to kind of start us off, we'd just run through some stats around actually you know, friends and, and what it is, um, how often uh, common it is to have friends as an adult. And I guess while social media might have us believing that, you know, we don't have enough friends or everyone else has um, more friends than us, what the research actually says is that the average person only really has between three to five very close friends or 10 to 15 people in their broader circle, but they could have anywhere up to you know, sort of 150 acquaintances in their networks. So I think we can all kind of look at that and go, well, you know, maybe actually if I have a a network of three to five real close friends who I share things with, you know, you're probably not that far apart from, you know, what that person on social media may have you believing. That's it. And I suppose with with social media, you can compare yourself so easily to other people and think, oh, wow, they have a really big network of close girlfriends and they're always doing things together. I've only got my, you know, three really close friends that I would see regularly. And there's that awful comparison, but really, um, it's so individual, isn't it? And if you mm-hmm. have those handful of really close people and that's fulfilling, um, you know, that is enough and that is fine. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, that's the other the other part that I found when I was doing some research on this topic is that, you know, it's a common mis- misconception that you need a lot of people to be happy when it act- in actual fact, it's not about the quantity of your friends, but actually the quality of friends. That is what contributes to happiness. So sometimes, you know, having 20 or 30 friends 
you know, might seem great on paper, but in reality, if you don't have those really close bonds mm. with it with a core few people then it's probably not going to make any difference to your happiness in fact it might actually make it worse well that's it imagine keeping up with 20 or 30 people like I mean how, how much how many people can you realistically actually catch up with regularly stay up to date with and what's happening in their lives yes there's exactly. probably I, I'd say a limit to the number of people that you can actually be really close with at any given time and that look there's probably there's probably numbers on that somewhere that we don't have but um also a consideration yeah actually that's yeah, very very true and I think um, the other thing that I found, which I thought was really, really interesting is, and it kind of speaks, I suppose, to the the other side of this topic is that, you know, a quality friends aren't just beneficial for a good night out or a chat with over brunch, um, but they actually benefit both your mental and physical health. So mm. that just speaks to, I think, how important it is to making sure you're investing your time with the right people and the people who support you and value you and inspire you to be the best version of you and leave your cup feeling full and not drained. So I think we'll touch a little bit later on in the episode about, you know, as you approach your 30s, I'm sure we've all got some, you know, friendships that maybe served us once before but don't serve us Mm -hmm. as well these days and, you know, kind of navigating that as well. That's it. And having friends that are your biggest cheerleaders, people that, you know, make you – um, that, that cheer you on, that make you feel good about yourself, support you and, um, yeah, fill your cup, like you said. Um, in preparation for this episode, actually, we spoke to a few friends just to, to gauge – we basically just asked them, how do you make friends as, adult? How, as an adult? How have you found that? Um, got some interesting feedback. I'll just share some of it. I know um, one friend that's changed cities recently um, and moved from a regional city to a larger city – made the observation that cities are quite difficult, larger cities. She's found it easier in regional towns and regional cities to make friends. But she sort of said her biggest advice was saying yes to things and giving people a chance. She did say she's probably not really found her crew outside of her old uni mates because she did go to uni in this city. Um, But she's also working a lot. And I know she's got a few friends at work, but she's also in a position where she is in management. And she's found that also a little bit difficult in terms of there's people she clicks with, but um, how do you keep that professional and what's okay to take outside of work? So that's a whole, probably a whole other topic we could talk about another day. Um, another friend moved uh, to, an, to, to Brisbane um, and she's found friends through this group that meets for picnics. It's for people aged 25 to 35. Um, similarly, someone else who, you know, went through a young professional group and has met people that way. So there, there are those more, I suppose, formal channels to do it. Um, but yeah, like my my sister, for example, she's used the uh, friendship bumble, I think it is, or it's basically a dating app, but for friends. And she's pulled a group of people together who they now, they've been to a couple of trivia nights, they've done a few activities together. Um, so that's sort of another path you can go down. Um, and yeah, another friend said her advice was saying yes to things more than once before you make a decision on a group or a person. She said, you know, first encounters can seem a lot better than they are because you're excited to be invited and to meet people or the reverse. There's nervousness and people not showing their true selves on the first meeting. So sometimes it can take that saying yes a couple of times. And one more thing that we touched on was just about, um, being a new mum and making friends through mothers groups and also deciphering friends from those who are just in the same stage of life as you. Um, and from that, only making the effort with the people that made the effort with you. Because, and I think as we get older, we kind of, you kind of work that out. You know, you can spend a lot of your time trying to, to fit into a certain circle or be friends with a certain person. But at one point you can kind of realise, well, actually I'm the only one that's ever reaching out here. I'm the only one that's ever making the effort um, and it's it's making those decisions around, yeah, who are the people you want to invest your time and energy into? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think there's so much to unpack in all of that feedback (laughs) from people and experiences from people that they've shared. But I think that piece around just saying yes to things, I mean, speaking as someone who does experience a little bit of like social anxiety from time to time, particularly in new situations or if if I'm meeting a group of people who I don't Mm -hmm. know very well. But I think, um, yeah, definitely when it comes to, you know, being that little bit older, it's you don't have some of those really natural instances mm. to make friends like you do as a kid. Like you don't have birthday parties and just kids in the playground or school throwing you together. So you do have to be so much more intentional about it. And I think as well, just recognizing that it's a shared feeling. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling that way, it's highly likely that that group of people that you're going to hang out with, there's you know at least one or two other people in the group that are feeling the same way. And I think just, you know, yeah, not really caring so much about what other people think. Just go out there, be yourself. And you know what? If you find at the end of that session that or that catch up or whatever it is that you didn't really gel with anyone, mm. you know, well, at least you gave it a go. Put and yourself out there. Exactly. And, you know, I feel like nine times out of ten you'll go to those things and even if there's nothing that comes out of it, you might have still had a really great chat with someone or it. you might have just found a new experience that you've been able to enjoy with new people And, you know, I highly doubt that you'd come away with it feeling worse than what you did when you walked into it. So Mm, what's the worst that could really happen? Exactly, exactly. And I think, yeah, taking a chance. And, you know, if you're a naturally more extroverted person, that might be a little bit easier. Mm. Um, Well, that's probably like you and me. mm. I'm I'm probably quite naturally an extrovert. How would you classify yourself, do you think, Tegan? Every time I do those psychometric tests, I'm always an extrovert, Mm -hmm. like quite high on the scale. but, and I definitely do get energy from people, mm-hmm. but I think the idea of walking into like cold into a room of people that I don't know, I'm, you know, I'll happily chat to people once I get chatting, but I'm not likely to go up to a whole group of mm-hmm. people that I don't know and just start a conversation. Yeah, it's a bit anxiety inducing. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I guess it probably speaks a little bit to how we met. So we met at work, um, mm. same, same organization, different job, but uh, worked sort of in parallel to each other. And we, I think I'd started um, taking to being there for a little while uh, and it was sort of an organised coffee catch-up between our two teams to get to know each other and, and like, in, from a work sense uh, and we were just chatting at that and we really clicked and we could have just talked for hours and we had a few more conversations like this at work and then we realised we actually live geographically really close to each other and we're like, oh, we should, like, we should catch up for coffee and we were talking about Pilates. We're like, oh, actually, we've been meaning to try the studio. We should do that together. Um, and then, but, but taking it outside of work, taking that step to actually do our first Pilates class together, you know, it can feel so daunting and you feel a bit silly suggesting that, like, do you want to thinking, is it just me thinking I really like this person and I want to be her friend? Um, is she going to be weirded out that this new person at work is like latching onto her? You know, you have those, you have those thoughts. Mm. Um, but I think obviously we were on the same page and we did click and we did that. We took it outside. We started doing coffee and Pilates dates on Friday mornings, um, hours and hours of conversation and you know we're just like I'm like I found a person that is like you know she's my people um that we get along with and and it's grown from there but if one of us hadn't actually you know taken that initiative initiative sorry to um to strike up that conversation at each other on Instagram you know it makes such a difference you have to take that step yeah definitely and I also think having Pilates and this might be a tip in itself like if sometimes if you've just met someone you know the idea of just going out for brunch or a coffee or you know a meal or a walk it can be a bit daunting because it's like well what are we going to talk about we don't really know each other that well um but I guess having an activity at the start it's something to kind of anchor to and like yes you're spending time together but you're also doing something else so it's kind of 
you know, it, it's not reliant on just, you know, having to come up with conversation and make small talk and all of those sorts of things, which can sometimes be difficult when you're first meeting someone. Totally. And then the more time you spend with each other, I was actually just reflecting this morning um, and thinking about, um, you know, our first few coffee dates and how we didn't know anything about each other. You don't know anything about their families, their life, their partners. Um, but that all comes out eventually, you know, if you click and I'm like, now we just know each other so well and that it all does click. But initially, it's it's almost like a first date, isn't it? So, like, how many siblings do you have? What do your parents do? You know, those weird questions and you can feel so awkward about it. But it's really not that different, I guess, from making friends in primary school. You know, what's your favourite colour? Like, No, I think the only thing that's different is that we have that sort of adult lens that we put over everything and that we kind of, I think we're, we judge ourselves so harshly and we overthink, mm. which I think as a child you just kind of, you know, you meet someone in the playground and you just say, hey, let's be friends and you just become friends and that's kind of it's it's so simple I mean I know there's difficult things sometimes with friendships in primary school as well and kids can be really Mm -hmm. mean but I think you know yeah we kind of sometimes just need to cast our minds back to that and be a little bit carefree about some things and just kind of yeah put some of those that self-doubt and that self-criticism to the side and just you know yeah say yes and give it a go and put yourself out there and yeah just kind of have faith that the worst that's going to happen is that you might have a, a crappy walk or a a crappy you know you don't find anyone that you click with but you know at the end of the day there's really no harm that's going to come from it that's it and just on that you know you're saying kids can be mean um so can adults and I think you know friendships can run their natural course I I probably not alone when I say you know we all we've had friendships that they reach a point where they're no longer um I guess beneficial to you um they're not cup filling Mm. um and it's really I guess that also speaks to you know maintaining friendships and also the beauty of I call them low maintenance friendships it sounds I don't know if that sounds negative but to me a low maintenance friend is someone where there is no guilt or drama it's purely people who don't don't drain you they don't use your social battery they only fill you up that mm-hmm. you know if you cancel on last minute if you've got a headache and you just don't feel like it it's not going to be a drama they're not going to be like oh I was really looking forward to this but I guess that's okay there's none of that subtle bitchiness or snide remarks and you know we all have friends that have done that and it just makes you feel really crappy mm-hmm. and uh, I think as I've gotten older I've I've gotten better at nurturing and putting my energy into those relationships that are not like that that fill my cup I have friends like Tegan who are you know, low maintenance friendships in the best way in that you last minute can come over with a bottle of wine and take away if you feel like it can last minute cancel if you don't feel like it, you know, those sorts of things that um, it's only, it's only good positive feelings. I mean, you challenge each other, you know, you, it's, it's not light and fluffy, um, but you also cheer each other on and you um, support each other in all that you do. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I think um, particularly when, you make are in that realm of making a new friend it's kind of about that effort you do have to put in that effort up front you do have to take an interest and Mm. show an interest and yes while that might take a little bit of energy at the start because you're kind of you know investing into this something that's new that could be really great but you don't really know where it's going but I think yeah maintenance as a that friendship maintenance as an adult is really really important but at the same time it shouldn't come with any sort of perceived pressure. Like I'm notorious for opening a text message thinking, oh, I'll reply to that later. And before (laughs) you know it, it's been like eight hours or sometimes even two days. And, you know, it's, it's so nice to have friends where you go, you can just reply to them and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it doesn't matter. It's no drama. They're like, oh yeah, no, I do that all the time. Don't even worry. I figured you were busy. Exactly. And I think that's the thing, like, you know, 
when in our 30s or late 20s or whatever age it is that, you know, you're listening, you're wor- working full time and, you know, you might have a partner, you might have, you know, hobbies outside of like It can be difficult to then balance, you know, family commitments, friend commitments, work commitments, mm-hmm. you know, just enjoying your life and especially as well giving yourself enough downtime. So I think we're all juggling a lot. So the last thing you need is kind of friendships that are weighing that down by making you feel guilty for, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do have to cancel a coffee date last minute or, you know, you just decide one night, oh, sorry, actually I've I've finished work and I just am way too tired to come around for dinner. Do you mind if we reschedule? You don't want people that are going to take offence to that. You want Mm -hmm. people who are going to be understanding. Yeah, it's like grow up. We're adults. It shouldn't be a drama. Let's love and support each other like friends should. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's – that's the flip side of friendship, isn't it? While maintaining a new friendship, oh, sorry, making new friends and um, can be challenging. We also spoke about how letting go of old friendships can be really challenging as well. When do you call time? And I, I'm terrible at this. I just like I have a friend who will just you know can break up with. <laughs> break up sounds so so dramatic, but break up with friends or cut ties when someone um, is negative in her life. Um, she's really good at that. I, I, to me, it feels too savage and I just can't. And I probably have friendships that I'm letting die a slow, painful death by not putting in as much effort, you know, <laughs> which sounds terrible. But there's, you know, a couple of people probably in my life that I don't, that aren't serving me. And that sounds really brutal, but they only cause drama and stress. Mm. Um, and I guess so that's that question of when do you let go of, of a friendship that is no longer a positive part of your life? Yeah, the, I think these are the friends that my mum would always term fair weather friends. You know, <laughs> they might be there when everything's good and it's all sunshine and roses. There when and you get engaged. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, you know, they're, they're the friends that, you know, if something's really going bad in your life, you don't feel like you would pick up the phone and call them because, you know, or they don't, you know, I've got um, some older friends that when you, you catch up and um, – it's always lovely to see them, but, you know, I feel like sometimes the conversation never really goes beyond the surface level. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never get to a point sometimes where, and I'm naturally not someone that opens up super easily, but I, you know, I don't find myself, you know, sharing a lot about what's going on in my life. And sometimes it's not really asked about a lot either. Mm. And so I think, you know, I think I've gotten to a point now where the friends I see really regularly are the ones that do do that for me and, mm-hmm. and, and they're there and the good days and the bad days. And I think sometimes you just have to kind of, you know, you don't have to go all Marie Kondo and throw them out of your life and not <laughs> bringing joy. But no. I think sometimes it's about to say, well, maybe they're a friend that I see, you know, at bigger social events with other people. We might catch up independently once or twice a year. But other than that, I'm going to kind of, you know, if they reach out, I'll say yes, but mm. I'm no longer going to make a really concerted effort. And I think that's okay. Like mm. people come into your life for – a reason or a season and sometimes they're there for a lifetime but you know that it might have been a really great friendship at one part of, your, part of your life and you know gave you a lot of joy and now it's just you're both kind of on different paths and it's no one's fault no one did anything mm-hmm. wrong it just has changed and we grow and change and that's what happens that's it we spoke about the um the sunk cost fallacy which describes our tendency to follow through on an endeavor or in this case a friendship I suppose if we've already invested time effort or money or whatever it might be into it and whether or not the current costs outweigh the benefits so if you looked at a friendship now would you enter into that based on what you know in that moment of of what of whether there's someone that even asks about you cares about you is there for you um 
chances are no if they're so, if they're one of those friends that really only have make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. But because oh man, you've known them since primary school, and oh, I've got to maintain that. So it's or also, our mums are friends, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that's it. So I guess it's also. I mean, this probably does sound really brutal, and maybe it is more around just not investing your time and effort, but obviously responsive if they reach out a lot of the time these people don't reach out though don't they you realize that you're the one that's been extending you know the the message or the the call every time yeah definitely and I think yeah sometimes it's okay to go well I'm just going to put a little bit of space there so you're not you're not closing the door entirely but you know we all have limited hours in the day and like we said at the top of the episode like friendships more important than just your happiness it also actually has an impact on your your physical health as mm. well so you know I think we all should be prioritizing our health and happiness and you know investing our time into the areas of our life that you know give us give us that joy and bring us that joy I mean that's what friendships are supposed to be there for they're meant to be the people that are you know that are there for you on the good days and the bad days and I think just yeah making sure that you invest that time that limited time Mm. that we all have because we all live busy lives into the people that really yeah fill our cups yeah and on that like I I've noticed so many times um particularly earlier in our friendship when we were getting to know each other and doing our Friday coffee Pilates dates I there were so many days where I woke up and I was feeling a bit flat a little bit stressed about stuff and we would go do our walk our coffee our pilates and I'd be driving home and I'm like gosh I just feel so good I feel so much better my mood is great like we would have you know solved all the world's problems in our you know hour-long conversation (laughs) with our coffee and just just having someone that you can vent to um and and talk things through with like it's 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 not just yeah surface is it it's like that actual physical it's like a weight has lifted or, you know, you can share the burden together. And I think um, there's a lot to be said uh, for those, you know, the mental health benefits and, yeah, physical benefits of having having those good friends. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just to talk, touch on, like, older friends for a while, I think as well sometimes what I've perhaps been guilty of in the past is sometimes noting if a friendship is changing a little bit and if it's something that I've, you know, found a little bit upsetting or a little bit hurtful mm. is not necessarily having the confidence to actually totally say it and say it to you my just friend put up with say, it. Yeah, sometimes you just put up with it and that can actually end up really causing some long term damage. And I think something as, you know, we're all adults where as you we mature, I think sometimes just actually having that conversation with your friend to say, Hey, you know, I've noticed this, it's actually upsetting me a little bit. Do you think we can make a change? And I guess you know, if they're a true friend who values your friendship, then you'll be able to have an open, honest conversation. You know, we don't want to have a schoolyard fight. Mm. We just want to have a talk. And maybe that's a little bit uncomfortable. But if they're a true friend, they should listen and take that on board. And, you know, maybe that you might hear some things that you've been doing as well that have upset them. And I think being prepared for that is really useful. But, you know, if they get really angry and Mm. take it really personally, and it, it ends up being kind of a bit of a, you know, a catalyst for a, a bit of a, a friendship breakdown. Well, at least then you know. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes just having, yeah, the confidence and I think the courtesy to tell our friends, you say, hey, I really, really do want you in my life, but I'm noticing things are going a little bit off track. Can we, can we fix it? That's a really great point. I have a friend who's very good at that. And she's, she's brought things up with me before that I've maybe said or done uh, that I wasn't aware of, but she also welcomes it herself. She's super responsive. I've I've done the same to her where I've said, look, you've, um, it was something stupid over the um, replies to Instagram stories, just being a bit a bit 
snarky and negative and I know she didn't mean it um but I, I actually brought it up with her because I know she welcomes that kind of you know she would do the same for me and I said look it just it's just making me feel a bit shitty you know and and she said you know was obviously so apologetic took it on board and then made this concerted effort and ever since it's just been nothing but positive and, you know I mean obviously we're, we're very honest with each other but it can be little things like that that you don't even realize you're doing but I feel like we have that kind of friendship that um, and she's taught me that to be receptive to those and not just get offended and, you know, storm off. Um, but to, yeah, like you said, to have the maturity to be able to have those conversations like you would have with a partner, you know, you would point something out with your partner if it was driving you nuts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it should be okay, I think, as friends to do that. And I actually think you can end up with a stronger friendship mm. and better friendship and after that. And laugh about it later. Exactly, exactly. And I've has definitely had situations like that with friends in the past and sometimes, you, you know, they might have said something to me and – it can feel, I mean, no one likes to hear something that they've done that might have upset someone or hurt someone else. But I think also, you know, we're all, as we said before, growing, learning, changing. And yeah, I think sometimes just having the, yeah, having those open, honest conversations can really, really go a long way. If it is a friendship that you, you know, really do want to maintain. And I think, yeah, as we all grow and there's always going to be things that happen, people are at different life stages, different things are going on. And I think it's, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find a friendship that somewhere along the way, one of you doesn't do something to kind totally. of tick the other one off in some, some way. And I We're think you're yeah, talking about, it, it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And I guess just maybe we briefly talk about um, maintaining friendships. You know, you have your people that, um, that are your people, are your low maintenance friends, your, your you know, your, your circle. Um, what are some things you do, do you think to, to make sure you're maintaining those and being the best friend you can be? I think trying to check in regularly. I'm probably not as good at this as I oh, you're could good be at it with me. in other ways. <laughs> but I think, you know, just if you haven't heard from them for a little while, just sending a text or um, just to say, you know, hey, how have you been? What's been going on? Often what I'll do if there's a friend, if I'm on a long drive or I'm, mm. you know, driving somewhere for sort of, you know, more than 10 or 15 minutes is just to give someone a call and just – say, hey, I was just calling to say hi because I actually feel like, you know, today we don't pick up the phone oh. enough to people. Yep. Um, and I get really exhausted with like long texts and things. Like I just, I often find myself being, you know, mm-hmm. just it's sometimes easier to call. So I think, yeah, Do calling. a voice memo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we should embrace the voice memo, I think. And I also think like, you know, yeah, I mean, this is more of a surface level thing, but, you know, commenting on Instagram mm-hmm. stories, liking their posts and things yes. like that. Because I think that really, you know, people are putting that out into the world. We all love yeah. an Instagram like, let's be honest. The cheer squad. You know, if exactly. your friends aren't the ones liking and, and giving you love on your content, then, you know, where are yeah, they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think also trying to remember like days of significance, like oh, birthdays. Yes. Um, you know, if you know like a friend is going for a new job or, you know, there's something that's happening in their life that was really exciting or maybe they had something that happened that was really difficult you know just kind of checking in on them and seeing how they're going and acknowledging it and just trying to show that you're aware of some of the things that are happening in their life and that you're thinking of them I think yeah totally and the check-in thing is something I've been making a conscious effort over probably the last year or two to be better at because I have a couple of friends that are so good at that and I'm just like I need to be like you you know always checking in remember things um And I I thought I was doing really well, but I actually caught up with a friend um, who's had a baby recently, caught up with her earlier this week, actually. And we realized I probably haven't actually seen her in about four months. Mm -hmm. And we really hadn't spoken much either. And she sort of brought up how she'd been feeling a little bit, um, a bit like, you know, our usual circle of friends wasn't talking that much, even in the group chat, um, how she felt a bit out of touch. And I actually apologize. I felt really kind of like, oh my goodness, no, you're right. I've not actually checked in with her. 
and I was a bit mortified because I'm like, I feel like I'm normally pretty good at doing this. I try to. Um, and yeah, that was just, and she didn't, you know, she brought it up so gently and didn't say it was me or anything, but she brought it up enough that I was pretty aware. And I'm like, this is important though, too. Like, it's like what we were saying before about giving that feedback. And then, you know, I, I hope I reacted okay and that I apologize and I've been trying to do better. And I checked in with her yesterday because she's moving house and that kind of thing. I think it's, yeah, it's two way. And how, how good does it feel when someone does remember something and checks in? So let's also be those friends as well. Yeah. And I think good on her for saying it as mm. well. Cause I actually think when friends have babies, especially if, if they're a really, really close friend, like one of your best friends, I think it's a little bit easier, but we've got some friends who are, you know, still in our close circle of friends, but we tend to catch up more so in groups than we do individually who have just had kids and while it'd be so wonderful to go over and see them and things, I'm also really conscious of not, you know, imposing and not inviting myself over and that sort of thing. But also remembering that a lot of people say when you have kids, you find out who your real friends are. And Mm. I don't ever want to be seen to be the person who's, um, you know, kind of neglecting them or not putting in the effort. So I think that can be a really challenging situation. I found that really difficult. Um, I think probably the first of my friends to, to have a baby I really struggled uh, when she got pregnant and when um, I guess the first couple of years because she was the kind of friend that we um, would have impromptu dinners and wine at the local pub at like you know after work she's like want to go for an after work drink and then it'd turn into dinner and a bottle of wine and we just spontaneously do things and then all of a sudden it became about the pregnancy became about the baby she had her mother's group friends I felt like I was losing this friendship and like it sounds really selfish this is me from my childless point of view and I know like it was a massive life change for her and exactly where she wanted to be. But I struggled with that. And I also like struggled that she, you know, our friendship had changed and I was sort of mourning the loss of how our friendship was. Um, we are we are still close and um, I think our friendship's probably morphed a little bit, but we've sort of almost come full circle in that now her kids are a little bit older, she has more time, all of that. She obviously was going through that newborn phase. Um, but also I didn't really know how to be a supportive friend to someone who was pregnant or someone who had a newborn baby. And I feel like now I have more people in my life that have had kids. My sister's had a couple of kids and you learn and you learn pretty quickly like, wow, that was an insensitive thing to say or that was not the best thing to do. And in hindsight, great, you can you can fix those things. But I think that can be difficult, different phases of life. Mm. And I, like it's – we don't really learn about um, mourning friendship and mourning the loss of friendship at all. Yeah. It's not something that ever really gets talked about. Um, and this friendship was not lost. You know, we are friends. But um, sometimes friendships do reach their conclusion and it – you know, that that was someone that was a really big part of your life and then suddenly they're not anymore. Yeah. And we don't really learn about processing that at all. We learn about, you know, yeah. it's family or partners. We Everyone thinks about grief in those sorts of circumstances but not in the context of friendship. Yeah, and I actually think it can even be just grieving what it once was. Even mm. if what it, it's changed into is still wonderful and amazing in its own way. I think it's, you know, you can also go, well, you know, it's not like it once was. And that could be because of a kid. It could be because of a marriage it could be because the friends moved away like there's so many things that can kind of just completely alter the traje- trajectory of a friendship mm. and yeah while what it changes into as I said can be wonderful and still amazing and you still value it and cherish it it's not how it was before and I, I think it's okay to say mm. oh I love how we used to be able to go and do this and maybe it becomes a great memory you can reminisce over <laughs> but you don't get to necessarily get the same joy from it in certain ways that you did it, it's, but it changes into a whole new thing that you get joy from in a different way. Yeah, that's it. 
Um, and I guess just in terms of back to the topic of making friends, <laughs> I feel like we've gone all over the place. This is actually our first podcast. So this is a very exciting moment yeah. and we weren't sure how it was going to go. So we're a little bit nervous to be honest, but it's been, it's been fun to chat, but hopefully it makes some kind of sense. Um, yeah. Back to sort of some tips and tricks, I guess, some of the things we've touched on. Um, but probably number one, and easier said than done for a lot of people, but it's putting yourself out there and not being afraid to make the first move. Yeah, exactly. I think that whole think back to your your childhood when you say, hey, do you want to be my friend? I mean, you don't have to say it literally like that. I to did someone. recently though, awkwardly, someone at work and we'd, we'd spoken briefly a couple of times. I was like, she's really cool. And like, she's made an effort with me a couple of times. I stalk her, creepy, but I found her on Instagram and sent her a message and then literally said the words, let's be friends and like, let's get coffee. And we did and we have, and we still catch up. But like, that was me just being like, I'm kind of like, wow, well, what have I got to lose? But also, it exactly. could have been taken really awkwardly. She might have been like, who is this person? But, you know, you, you have a feel for it. Yeah, I mean, you're not just finding some random person on Instagram <laughs> who has a cool life and saying, hey, can we be friends that you haven't spoken to before? I think if you've got a frame of reference, I think sometimes people actually appreciate that because mm. it's nice to be a go, well, actually, hang on, this is a work friendship or this friendship that actually maybe we can move out of just that setting and into something else and, you know, yeah, actually just mm. enjoy making a new friend and really just being upfront about it. I think it's really refreshing, to yeah. be honest. And it's also flattering, isn't it? If someone actually wants to be your friend, really put yourself in the other person's shoes. If you're feeling like, oh, I can't reach out or I can't be like, want to go, want to have dinner, want to get an afterwork drink, want to get a coffee, want to go to Pilates. Um, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not, a ne- you know, you sh- we shouldn't really be worried about the reaction. And if it's a negative reaction, well, then you don't want that person in your life because that's just weird. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think, yeah, the next sort of tip and trick, which kind of tip, which follows on from that is just say yes. Mm. You know, if there's something that, you I mean, obviously if, you, if you're if you just getting weird vibes from the person, you don't have to say yes. No. But <laughs> if you're, you know, if, if you get that invitation, even if it brings you a little bit of anxiety, if you can see that actually this is someone who's really cool and I'd like to, you know, get to know better and they ask you to do something or to go out or get coffee or go to Pilates or do something, just say yes. Mm-hmm. And I, if it's something that you didn't really, maybe they go, let's go, maybe they want to go to CrossFit and it's not your thing. Mm. You could say actually maybe just a walk instead. But I think just, yeah, don't being, not being afraid to say yes and like not being afraid to say yes more than once because sometimes it can take a little bit of time to get to know someone. Yeah, that's it. That whole like give it another go. I mean, if you get terrible vibes from from dot from day dot, maybe not, but you know, like we said before, sometimes you can find out a lot more about a person and someone can open up a lot more the more you get to know them. So not judging a book by its cover, I guess, to use the cliche. Uh, and the, uh, the other tip was it's taking an active role and don't be afraid to be overt about it. Like we've touched on that now, like just put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you don't want to ever get to the point from the start, like as we were saying with maintaining friendships, sometimes you know, what we can find is with those, you know, older friendships is that you're feeling like you're constantly the one making the effort. It can be really draining. Mm. So I think with new new friends, it's equally as important to keep that in mind. So if you notice, you know, the last three or four times you've caught up, they've been the one to initiate it, then maybe, you know, mm. have a little bit of self-reflection and say, actually, maybe I'll suggest that we do something this time or, you know, yeah, do that active follow-up and be that, you know, and it might take a little bit more effort at the start, but you know, as you find your sort of natural rhythm, it will get easier and easier. And then you'll have, you know, you, they might be one of your best friends and you don't even know it. That's exactly right. Uh, and a couple of other things we, we talked about when we were talking about this episode was around, it's actually okay though, to sometimes have friends that only exist in, in one sphere. You know, 
friendships are different in different circles and that's okay. Like you might have your work friends. You might never want to take some of those friendships outside of work. But when you're at work, getting a coffee, um, hanging out, you know, in the kitchen, eating lunch together, all of that, like there's a place for all of that. And also, you know, mothers, if you're in mother's group, but you don't necessarily click with them that well, it's more just you're at the same phase of life and ended up, you know, you had babies at the same time. So you end up in this group. I think that's okay as well. And to let that run its natural course. We're not saying put yourself out there and force friendship upon everyone. You know, you, you know, when you've found your people, but um, it, yeah, I don't know if you've got other examples of that, but particularly work sometimes, and, and maybe the gym or a sport. Yeah. Or I think sometimes it's like maybe with partners as well, like, mm. you know, your partner, might have a really good friend and then his partner, for example, might be someone that, you know, you kind of click with when you all catch up as couples, but you're not necessarily going to go while your your partner and, and their partner might go, then his friend or their friend might mm. go out and catch up individually. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to catch up individually with their your, you know, yeah, your, yeah. your partner's friend's partner that's and that's it. okay too. Mm. And sometimes you will. Sometimes it's a great way to meet, meet people, but sometimes you're forced into, you know, catch-ups because of the circumstances you know your partner's a friend so we're all going out for dinner and that's fine and it's great for the night but yeah, you don't have to take that outside of yeah. um outside of that um equally it's awesome when when it works the, the reverse and you do click and you've made a new friend but um yeah, definitely yeah and we also spoke about you know we do grow and change and our friendships will too and it is okay to let go or create space for friendships that not to not to use the Marie Kondo reference again but that don't bring you joy and I think we covered that before but that was just another just a little reminder yeah, and I think just the last thing is just to really give ourselves that grace and say, you know, you have limit, and it probably builds on from that point, but, you know, you have limited time in, mm. in the day and everyone, even though a lot of, you know, millionaires and entrepreneurs say everyone has the same 24 <laughs> hours in the day, the reality is that everyone does not have the same 24 mm. hours in the day. And I think, um, you know, don't be you know, afraid to invest it wisely and invest it in the ways that make you happy. Like it's okay to say no, it's okay to, you know, to take that time for yourself. And I think just being really intentional about where mm -hmm. we spend our time, energy and effort is um, really, really important. And at the end of the day, just be yourself and be with those people that make it easy to be yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's really important. for who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think that probably brings us to the end of today's episode. Yeah, I think it does. We've covered so much in this first episode of The Brunch Files and we're so excited to be yeah, recording the podcast today and bringing this to you. We'd love if you could help us keep the conversation going and give us a follow on our socials. We're just at thebrunchfiles.podcast on um, Instagram, TikTok, you know, all the things. And um, we hope you have a really great day and um, we'll see you next time. The Brunch Files would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, meet, work and play, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and of course any First Nations peoples who may be listening today. This podcast is all about the adventures, stories and laughs of being a woman in her 30s. While we strive to entertain and share relatable experiences, please remember that our content is purely for fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously, and it's definitely not professional advice. Life is a wild ride and everyone's journey is unique. We believe that laughter is the best policy and we're just here to spread some joy. Mm -hmm.